host, Kevin Couchet, COO of KLogix. In our podcast, we interview CISOs and other security leaders to hear their advice on the business of information security. This podcast gives our listeners actionable takeaways to help them increase the effectiveness of their security programs. Today, we're joined by Dmitry Sokolovsky, VP, CSO, and CISO of Avid. Lots of titles, lots of responsibilities. And Ryan Spellman, our Managing Director of Consulting here at KLogix. Both gentlemen are wily veterans of this podcast. I think it's the first time that we've had two returning guests. So your your Lifetime Achievement Awards, guys, will be uh, will be in the mail. So congratulations. Uh, so in this segment, we're going to discuss a topic that I think is very, very unique and sort of a welcome departure from our normal cyber topics. It's about the relationship between sales and the CISO, how it's often fragmented and has become a broken process. CISOs have become numb from salespeople failing to lead with value and thus, uh, thus sort of understandably reluctant to take sales calls and sort of establish a relationship. But, you know, as we're going to talk about today, it doesn't necessarily need to be this way. So let's kick it off by establishing a baseline. So understand roles. So Dimitri is a CISO, as I said before, who has taken this really interesting leadership position to help mend the fractured system by sort of educating us all with his unique methodology. And he'll talk about that a little bit later in the podcast. Ryan, as I mentioned, managing director of consulting who needs to sell to the CISO. And he himself has a unique approach which oftentimes starts with leading with value and some free consulting to earn the right to do more. And I'm a bit of both. As a business owner, I'm always selling, yet I'm always fielding calls from people looking to sell to our business. So, Dimitri, let's establish that baseline. What is the current way of selling to CISOs? Talk about what you see. Thanks, Kevin. And hello, Ryan. Good to hey. see you again. Or, or talk to you again, rather. Um, so Kevin, you nailed it. The, the current method is the one that has me drooling over my table when I get one other message of, Hey, I am John and I have this amazing thing that is going to solve all of your security problems. How about a demo tomorrow at nine in the morning? And I look at that and I say to myself, what does John know about it? me what does john know about what i do what does john know about and sorry to john's out there i am you know just the just the name but what what does that salesperson know about my life my my side of the uh, of the story what my pain is what my problems are and sort of to come at me right away with this assumption that they've got a solution for sure to everything that i need is a little presumptuous, right? So if, if that's the starting point and, and we add to that my mood because I only slept two hours because we were dealing with a breach or an incident or whatever just last night and we were trying to convince business to stop uh, doing pretty risky things regardless of, 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 of what the situation is and uh, you know, half of my environment is unpatched because we have older operating systems or whatever may be the case for most CISOs out there. And I get that coming at me seven to 10 times a day, the proverbial John. 
that's not going to put me in a good mood. And so what you get is a lot of very eager, uh, motivated people on the sales side trying to engage with us and inevitably running into this snarky or, hey, don't ever talk to me again, or I'm going to ban this whole domain. I've seen this a lot. I mean, this, this week alone, I've seen uh, CISOs and sales personnel getting hostile toward each other. Uh, and... and and I kind of can't blame either side because I understand both sides, but something's got to change because this method is just going to end up with a lot of, you know, busted windows and and blocked domains across the board. That that's not going to help. That's not going to work. And the biggest problem is that we CISOs need the vendors. We need you vendors helping us because we can't. We can't solve everything with a Python script. I know some CISOs might think so, but that's not realistic today. And we need the vendors to help us with uh, understanding, with process assistance, with actual tooling, with new technology implementation, uh, and and most importantly, by taking the risks that we can't. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and that's what vendors can do a lot of times and, and help us not need to take those risks. No. I I, I, look, I agree with you completely, and I have a soft spot, obviously, for, for salespeople because that's how I started my career. So I, as a business owner, get a ton of cold calls and solicitations. I answer as many as I can because I, I, I have that soft spot, and you know my experience isn't that dissimilar from yours. And I was thinking about this uh, as we were gearing up for this podcast, and just two days ago, I get one of many solicitations i pick the phone up and the person says uh i i yes this is a good time we're doing a schedule a call tomorrow like i i don't even know who you are or or who you work <laughs> for or why you're even calling me uh what oh um we're uh we're a cybersecurity company and we help companies improve their risk posture i go okay i go do you have any idea what we do and he says, no. I go, we'll take a guess. He goes, cybersecurity? I said, bingo. I said, look, he was young. And I go, let me give you some advice. I said, you know, if you're going to take the time to make a phone call, you have to lead with value. And to lead with something of value, you need to understand what the organization is doing as a business in order to try to find a way to inject the value and hit them with the punch right up front. And I try to give anybody advice if, if they completely fail, because to your point, Dimitri, I'd, I'd love to see this change as well. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know, like, I know we're trying to change things and Ryan's going to talk about what he's doing. That's that we feel is unique and different leading with value. But I'd be curious, you know, I, I don't spend time researching how our competitors sell. But I, Ryan, I'd be curious from your perspective, how, you know, from your previous organizations, you know, how, how do they sell? Well, I, I think it's it's interesting question. You know, having worked with other, you know, uh, cybersecurity product companies and so uh, in different roles in my past, you know, they're I think the biggest thing about what they're trying to do is there there's a there's a competition for the CISO's time, and there are so many vendors angling for that that they're willing to try anything. And in many cases, that anything becomes as much as they can to fill the space, right? They're just throwing things against the wall to try to get in there. A good example is at dinner last night with one of uh, one of our um, 
uh, you know, a client of ours, and he is, you know, the CEO of a thousand person company, and he is the most called person in the company from XR. Wow. No, even the CEO does not get as many cold calls as he gets. And that's the story, right? If you're a vendor selling solutions, you know, we want to work with the CISO, but we know the CISO is getting hit every day by 17 other calls. And there's a fundamental limitation to how much time and, and, and they could spend with us. So we're constantly trying to find other ways to get in there. And I know now KP's grabbing out the if list. This was, if this was an audio, you could see this poster. I'm sure, Dimitri, you can see it. It's a poster that has logos for nearly every company in cybersecurity under each sector. And if you look at this thing, can you imagine there's probably 4,000 companies on this list, right? Every company has multiple people. And guess what, Dimitri? Every single one of these people, they're calling you. Like, it's overwhelming. And a, and a waste of resources. Right. For, for Primarily for the vendor. Not even for me. I mean, it is a waste of resources for me, but it is a waste of resources for the vendors. And I think that's part of the problem as well. In that list you just showed, let's show four or 5,000 vendors out there. Yeah. Uh, sales teams are what? Let's say quarter mm -hmm. of a company size. Yeah. And if that team is, let's say, quarter underused, we're talking about, you know, five, 600 companies worth of a waste every day. Just wasted effort that goes nowhere. Right. So what do we, so let's let's pivot a little bit and talk about what we think the process should be, Dimitri. I know you are, like I mentioned earlier, you've taken this, I think, fantastic leadership position to try and 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 honestly help sort of change behavior. Yes. Yeah, so it actually started in a in a similar podcast. We're talking about similar things with uh, uh, Danny Wolf. Is it okay if I uh, sure. Named the uh, sure. audience audience first uh, podcast, and the conversation was exactly about this. But in that particular podcast, luckily for both of us, uh, Danny asked me, "Hey, how do you want to do this? Do you want to do like a regular podcast where I ask you questions? Or do you want to ask me questions?" And I said, "You know what? Let's try it. Let me ask you a question." And I asked her. I said, "Sales personnel, sales teams, supposed to be the more." Uh, human oriented, right? Having conversations, being able to explain things, draw presentations, sort of, uh, let's call it liberal arts portion of the of the uh, cybersecurity industry. And the people I talk to internally, to whom I'm trying to explain all the stuff that I need to explain, are of similar type, business oriented people, CFOs, CEO, the board, right? Marketing managers. So. How come I don't get any help from the vendors doing all that translation and explaining up into the similar kind of people that the vendors are? I'm a techie. I grew up from tech. I started with, you know, putting things together, scripting, coding, et cetera. I, a lot of people in tech, we talked about this, 40% almost, more than 40% of a neurodiverse who identify themselves as neurodiverse versus 15 to 20% in regular sort of the rest of the world. So not only are we coming from an environment that's very different from both the sales personnel and the business side, but we're actually, our brains are actually wired differently as well. And it's a, in many cases, the reason why we go into the tech because we don't have to deal with other people there as much. And so this world where we are in a position where we have to 
try and explain all this technology to people that don't understand it. And then we have this whole amazing resource right below us, below us, you know, on the other side, the external, the vendor side that already understands it. And yet we get no help from them getting this message up. How come? And we started talking about that. And oh, this is probably nine months ago. Uh, through several conversations, we kind of asked each other, well, what if we could put together some form of a training that would teach vendors the things that they need to know about what our lives are like, what's important to us, what is valuable to us, how to approach us better, how to give us value, to your point, Kevin, earlier, give us value right from the beginning. And that's how the uh, audience first uh Audience First Academy, Startup Academy got started. We have a first learning path in there called CISO Value Distillery. A, and it's called Value Distillery because we think vendors have Im immense value. But it's not very distilled. Mm -hmm. And so we need to concentrate it. And that's what we do. We teach the vendors how to take what they already have, what they know, what they, uh, what they, all the tools that they have, and how to apply them best way to help the CISOs. Now, to expand on what that is in really five short five steps, and this is really the premise of the whole training. Uh -huh. If you engage me before even you try to learn something about me, you should know yourself. You know, know thyself. If you don't know what you do well, and even more importantly, what you don't do well, you can't use that to bring me value, or you might use what you don't do well to try and bring me value, and that's going to fail. So you must know yourself, your own maturity in many, many different ways, and we teach you how to how to measure that. Then we teach you how to look at yourself, your overall offering, and understand which of that and in what way is useful to me as a CISO, what is valuable to me as a CISO. For that, we teach you a little bit more about what CISOs do, day-to-day -day things, what's important, board of directors, E-teams, companies, complexity, all that stuff. We teach you all that. And so now you know both about yourself as a company, as a vendor, and about your product offering. Now it's time to learn about me, the customer, right? So we teach you how to measure maturity of the CISO you're working, uh, who's opposite you at the table, how to measure the maturity of their InfoSec program, how to measure maturity of the company. Because sometimes what you can do is too early for that particular customer. Sometimes it's just not, it's not, not yet the time. And you may need to wait six months to a year. Alternatively, like Ryan does, you can actually try and help them get a little bit more mature, thereby preparing them to be better fit to your product offering that you now understand so much better because you've actually assessed it and understood it. So... Know thyself, know your product, know your customer. And now that you know those things, we teach you how to put all that together into a, what we call like an advanced ICP, which is, you know, a, a ideal customer profile. It's not just the customer, uh -huh. it's the customer in a particular set level of maturity, you in a particular level of maturity, and your product offering in a particular set uh, of, uh, let's call it configuration, the right time and the right way. And together, those three pieces create this advanced ICP thing that is pretty much a guaranteed sale or at least a guaranteed high probability shot at a sale. Mm -hmm. 
and the only thing left is to deliver value for that for that situation through proper collateral, proper questions, proper yeah. input, et cetera, et cetera. And again, something that Ryan did really well with us uh, through the bear. I'm sure he'll talk about that uh, in a little bit. Uh, it, it, and so if you go through that step, know yourself, know your customer, know how well you fit together, and then based on that, make a decision and either move to either to move forward or not. And if so, exactly how all of your prospects end up in your pipeline, either immediate implementation, high probability, a little bit further is either you or them go up in maturity or even further out, let's say two years out. But that's okay because you established trust, you didn't pitch yourself as a overbearing vendor, you brought value and you are remembered as a trusted advisor for years to come. I mean, well said, and, and I think you mentioned Ryan a couple times here and without you know, the interesting thing is without even knowing what you were working on, you know, Ryan sort of had a has a methodology that follows some of those principles, which is, I, I think, really cool. And so, Ryan, maybe talk a little bit, you know, in from your view, right, how does sales create value in the relationship and process and talk about this bear that Dimitri is referring to? And I'm not talking about the cocaine bear movie that <laughs> I keep seeing advertisements for nonstop. I cannot yeah, wait. Like cannot wait to see that movie. Oh my yeah. god. Um, so uh, you know, first, uh, you know, the audience first. Uh, this is a discovery. It's a great program, and and I know your group Dimitri is offering it right up for the first part of it for for free. And I urge people to check it out because it's pretty cool. I I sat through it post bear, and it was a great experience to see what I've learned over time. Right, so been in you know this game for 15 plus years and seeing the process there's two things that two things that struck me in relationship building and sales and business is speak less listen more and find ways to help first and make deals second and that was what we brought to the bear right and the bear stands for board and executive assessment readiness and the idea is what are common challenges that every CISO or senior security leader has. And the biggest one is dealing with their board. And to, you know, uh, to your point earlier, you know, communication with other people. Zeros and ones, good. Knocked out CVs, taken care of, done. Sit in a senior leader meeting and be able to explain the return on security investment to people who don't understand it. That's sometimes a bigger challenge. And we don't come in to solve it. What we're coming in to do is say, let's, let's help you figure out where you are in that very unique personal maturity. Let us listen to your situation. And then where we can, we're going to provide suggestions. I was blessed early in my career to travel the country and talk to boards and senior leaders about cyber threats. And I picked up a few things in the process by listening to CISOs who had solved some problems. And I'm able to help bring those things back. And we here at Keylogix, we, we, you know, we have a wealth of expertise here from you know, people who've been security architects and researchers and senior leaders and other organizations as well, too. And so we try to bring that back with the bear, but ultimately it goes to your point, Dimitri, right? You're a busy guy with a lot of problems. You don't have time to listen to, hi, do you hear about cybersecurity? Do you, do you need any cybersecurity? We're selling cybersecurity. You need partners who are first and foremost customer-centric, which I know is an overused phrase, but who are invested in understanding where you are before they start going down the path of selling their products. And that's something yeah. K-Logix has intrinsically here. Uh, right. <laughs> 
that just sounds so depressing. Busy guy with a lot of problems. <laughs> just, <laughs> I don't know if I need a therapist or another therapist to the one I have. No, yeah. but Ryan, that that's spot on. I would I, I would say that uh, to me, and this is what we try to teach. Uh, sale, let's call it what we understand, but I'm not sure if that's the right way. But let's call it sale. A sale doesn't doesn't start when we start paying. Or, or, or like the the sale occurs in the first conversation. After that, it's just working together. And at some point, there's so much value delivered that payment is starting. Yeah, that's how I would put it. And if and and we've seen this, it's actually not right. SDRs, BDRs, AEs, and biz dev, and you blah blah blah. And then eventually sale, and then. <laughs> Everything is gone, and you got and you got a CSM assigned to you. that has got like three minutes for you once a week. Uh, well, okay, that's not. I mean, okay, that's the reality, but that's that's gonna make me remember you as just someone who sold and left, right? And that's that's not partnership. What appealed to you when you first uh, learned about the beer, Dimitri? What appealed to you about that? Well. Uh, it came at the very right time personally for me, but I think that it's also, it came, it's coming, it's here at the right time for everyone else. SEC rule is coming out, FTC rule is already out, new European regulations, uh, GDPR and CPAs are coming into full swing, more customers are asking for security uh, certifications or attestations. It's in everyone's, on everyone's mind. And no one knows what the heck to do with it. Mm -hmm. And I actually made a LinkedIn post about it. Uh, boards operate in multi-year cycles. Executive teams operate in yearly cycles because they got a budget, they got to spend every year and they have mm -hmm. to spend it exactly the right way. And if they don't do it correctly, they get asked about it, right? Whereas the board is thinking three, five years uh, ahead. And cybersecurity or as I like to call it, complexity management. It's not something that is a single year cycle thing. It has to be a long-term planning component, exactly what the boards need to be managing and governing. By the way, that's why ACC rule is coming out the way that it is. It's aiming to do exactly that, shift the cybersecurity conversation up into the board level. Mm -hmm. And guess what? And guess what? Every CISO, okay, maybe not every, but let's say 90% of CISOs I know have no idea what the board wants to know. I have no idea what of whether they're doing is the right thing. They have no idea what to put on the board deck. It's I I I had this ER story written. It's like, you know, we we're getting you, we we're hiring you to run our ER emergency room, and then we're gonna ask you about the state of ER. And I'm gonna ask you, well, okay, well, no one died, okay, so like that's good. And yeah. and uh, what else do you want to know? Well, we don't know. We don't know anything about ER, but you do, so you tell us. Well. Okay, and this is where I'm like, okay, well, you underfunded it by, by us by 50%, uh, regardless of that no one died. And here are the KPIs I use to track the effectiveness and efficiency of my room. No, that's too technical. Well, then what the heck do you want? Yeah. Should every CISO be asking and no one asks? Mm -hmm. Because you can't ask that question of the board. And everyone's telling yeah. you, be, keep it simple. How can you keep something so complex so simple? That's difficult to do. So bear asks the right questions, orienting at maturity, oriented long-term, orienting at 
complexity management, not uh, technology management. And then summarizes all that into a digestible by fifth grade student uh, content that can be easily, easily, you guys, we did a thing uh, earlier this week with my team. We had a session on playing with ChatGPT. And so we were trying to build a policy. Hey, ChatGPT built me a BYOD policy, security policy. So the thing builds me, build us, puts it out on the screen. Mm -hmm. And I go, well, you know, you know, guys, it has to be at a fifth grade level. Oh, okay. They start like looking at it, reading, trying to be like, wait, 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 just tell ChatGPT. Oh, okay. So they write, okay, now retranslate this into fifth grade level. The thing does it pretty good, actually, fifth grade level, like it's simple. Then someone decides to go real fun, translate it into fifth, fifth five-year-old language. Now we got a BYOD policy on five-year-old language. And finally they go, okay, now translate it into caveman language. Caveman <laughs> language. You bring rock work, you lose work, you lose rock, you tell big boss. <laughs> uh, I was like, all right. Yeah, Th that's not how we do the bear, just as an FYI. There's no, 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 no. Yeah. But I do write at a fifth grade re reading level, so that's Perfect. that's coming across Perfect clear for me. <laughs> no, Ryan writes. Ryan can write at a much higher level, but you have to make it fifth grade level, right. not yes. because not because the board is filled with fifth grade people, but because the board is filled with people that are concentrating on so much more and so much higher level at a strategy level. You have to be able to simplify business technology risk into fifth grade level so it's faster for them to correlate and wrap into the rest of their strategy planning. It's not because they're stupid. They're most likely smarter than us. I mean, everyone, every board member I've dealt with is smarter than me. Mm -hmm. And I need to, it's not that I need to dumb it down. I need to explain it simply. By the way, if you don't understand something well enough to explain it simply enough, then you don't understand it well enough, right? Like, yeah. So bear fits right in, in many ways, because it's the right time, the right mm -hmm. way to approach it, and the right concentration for where CISOs should be aiming themselves at. So, all right, speaking, let's close with this guy. Speaking of simplifying a little bit, we've talked about a lot. Give me one bullet point of what are the lessons that both salespeople and CISOs can take away from this. Give me a bullet point. This is a, you know, it takes two to tango here. So. What do you think both can take away? What's the lesson here? Ryan, you can answer that one too. I'm going to let Dimitri go first. Well, okay. So I mean, I'm sure if I can fit it into one bullet point, but we have to come back to 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 uh, mutual respect mm -hmm. and start with that. CISOs are trying to do a difficult job and salespeople should be the ones trying to help them do this difficult job. And I think that's what both sides have to remember as well. CISOs must remember they can't do it alone. They need the vendors. And so if CISOs don't take the effort, don't make the effort to teach the vendors, no one will. But vendors yeah. also need to be open to that. Need, vendors need to understand that they don't understand a lot. They need to be able to ask the questions. Maybe we'll come up with some structure where like every, so like twice a week lunch is available for vendors. So vendors can, you know, donate to my favorite charity and you got my lunchtime and you're going to have to wait for me, you know, while I chew, but that's your time. Um, but then come, you know, like in every interview, by the way, if you ever interview for a job, if you leave the interview without asking how you did, you failed your interview. 
even if you get hired, you should ask how you did. You should mm -hmm. ask what you could do better. You should ask in every every single sales interaction for you should be a learning experience if you're on the vendor side. Uh, so, and, and CISO should remember that as well. So I don't know if that's again, one single bullet point, but well, that's mm -hmm. what I got. I'm just gonna piggyback. You said something earlier, the sale starts before the sale closes. Mm -hmm. Right, the sales process, and that that right. I think is actually the bullet point we should all take away. Right, is that the sales process is broken because many people have forgotten that the sales process started the minute the sales rep picked up the phone and called the CISO. And for the CISO to remember that, hey, if I want a rewarding sales process, I need to be open. Right, to your point, like I can't just constantly shut people down. I need to find a way that works for me, and communicate that with sales. But conversely, sales needs to understand that. We need to be producing value at every step of the way to earn and keep the business of the people that we want to do business with because there is so much competition. So we need to all kind of remember that the sales process starts at the start. It doesn't happen at close. It doesn't happen when the opportunity is registered in Salesforce. It really starts at the beginning. And we need to carry that throughout all the way through to the CSM taking over at the end and close that when they transfer different technologies sometimes at the end too, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's a continuum where we have to be injecting value throughout. And we who remember that will hopefully do better than those who just shoot the numbers. Yep. And CISOs who encourage us to do that should, you know, hopefully get the good back as the saying goes, right? If you're encouraging value, value should come back to you. That's Absolutely. how I look at it. Absolutely. So guys, this was awesome. I, I know I've kept you probably for longer than most podcasts, but I think it was a really interesting, timely discussion. Uh, so thank you both for, for joining. You know, CISOs, it's a hard job, right? We know this. It's a very hard job. It's a very stressful job. And it's hard being a sales rep too, right? In a very different way. And I think if we can do a better job of, of sort of bringing these two together with some mutual benefit, I think it'll just help the industry in general. So mm -hmm. uh, I'm really glad we had this conversation. Um, if anybody wants to hear this, they can always reach this in all of our podcasts at klogicsecurity.com forward slash podcasts. If you have questions for us, you can hit us up at info at klogicsecurity.com or directly on mine or Ryan Spellman's LinkedIn page. And Dimitri, I'll give you the last word. If people want to access some of this audience first material, how do they do it? Audience, audiencefirst.fm slash academy. First with uh, number one ST. All right. There awesome. you go, gentlemen. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you.